Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in this week. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your your busy schedule to, to listen to my dulcet tones. You know, in recent weeks, I've explored some heavy topics such as people management, presentation skills, and even last week, redefining work-life balance in this age of hybrid professionals. That phrase always makes me think of Star Trek. So by contrast this week, I'm going a little more personal. It's an opportunity for us to press pause and reflect. And of course, this brings me back to the one of the original intentions for this podcast, which was you know, yes, to share what I hope is thought-provoking and maybe even inspirational content and conversations, but it's also a chance for you to take some time out of your schedule and to reconnect with yourself and your own inner wisdom. So this week, I've structured the episode around five questions, and my invitation is that these questions will prompt perhaps a trip down memory lane for you, um, and you might even be inspired to grab your journal and or notebook and to capture your own thoughts and responses. So if you're into journaling, if that's a habit that you have, if it's part of your self-care routine, I think you'll particularly enjoy this week's episode. So most of us go through life focused on the next goal, you know, the stuff that we're working towards. Um, but as we as we go through life, we experience many things that shape us. And as a way of taking stock and staying grateful for everything we have, you know, or simply just having a, a good old reminisce, here are five questions um, or five lists worth compiling is how I really phrase it. And of course, as I go through them, I'll share some of my own personal reflections as well. So we're going to kick off with a question that we could probably spend all day on alone, and that's who are 10 people who most helped you in your life? You know, each of us meet people as we go through life, the different stages of life. Uh, many of them help us or have an influence upon us. Um, sometimes we may not realise their impact at the time. Uh, quite often we forget or we don't get a chance to thank them. So having a think about this one, you know, the people who have had a positive impact on you, who have helped you, you know, this is an opportunity to acknowledge them, even just to yourself in your own heart. Um, or maybe it's a prompt to reach out to them uh, to say thank you or even just hello if you've lost touch with them or if they're still about. You know, when I reflect on this question, many people pop into my mind um, and some people I didn't think about for, for quite some time. The one that came to mind that I hadn't thought about in a while was was a project manager I worked with back in the late 90s. Neil uh, was, is his name, and I only worked with him for six months as part of a project. He was a project manager and he was the first manager that I came across that, well, one wasn't too much older than me. I think he was maybe only five or six uh, years older and very much classified at the time as a modern manager. And he was brought in for a Y2K project that I was working on in a financial services company. And that dates it. Some of you tuning in may not know what Y2K is, um, but it was to do with changing computer systems that may not have been compatible when the calendar changed from 1999 to 2000. Gosh, it makes it sound like old God's time. But he came in because there wasn't a skill set in the organisation for project management, which is um, bizarre when you think about it now. But back then in this traditional organisation I worked in for, for 12 years, 
um, you know, the, the managers were all men and they all worked, you know, from offices on the top floor with secretaries outside them and they were referred to as Mr. Um, but when Neil came into the organisation, for, for me, he was certainly a breath of fresh air. Um, I learned many things from him at the time, but looking back on it, he, he exposed me to, I suppose, modern management practices. At the time, I was doing my MBA in DCU. So the, the theory on one hand and the practical side on it, uh, on, on the other hand, was, was a powerful combination. You know, I always remember him, one of his phrases was, it's better to apologise than seek permission. I'm sure that's a phrase you've heard since, but I first heard that coming from his lips uh, 20 plus years ago. Um, And he was also very human and personable and got to know us as people rather than just, you know, tenants of roles or functionaries. Um, And we worked hard, but there was a great social aspect to it as well. And he was a real role model for me in terms of um, someone who was encouraging and who pushed boundaries and, and who really demonstrated proactivity. And I often think when I work with people in organizations, there's that unseen um, how would I say it? Step, step on the career ladder where you move from being reactive and responding to things into being proactive and instigating stuff yourself. Um, and above and beyond that, though, I, I will always associate Neil with um, his encouragement as a presenter. Um, I delivered my first uh, professional presentations um, on that project. And the first one I did, I think I spoke about it in an episode before, it was a complete disaster. And it was to about 40 uh, colleagues. And uh, we had a morning break after me. And then he said to me at break, James, I know you can do that again. And would you do it again after the break? And he, he said to the audience that James would like to do this again. So I was back up on the horse. And I did the presentation again, much better, much more relaxed, having had the disaster beforehand. You know, and when I think of all the conferences I speak at now and the, the presentation skills courses that I deliver, the, um, you know, it, it goes back to that particular seed. And I have him to thank uh, for that. Um, and someone else who popped into my mind as well. And uh, I, I believe she's passed on now because we're going back a long time on this one. Um, was my Irish teacher in school. I think I had her up to the intercert. So this is the mid 80s. Uh, Sister Eileen. And she was just a lovely woman. And I know sometimes, you know, the, the the brothers and sisters, you know, in religious orders can get such bad press. But but this lady was an absolute gem. She was an out and out teacher. Um, and I always remember a comment that she put on one of my report cards, which was James was a pleasure to teach. And it's funny, you know, 40 odd years later, I can still recall that phrase um and uh, she was so generous and kind and, and a really great teacher as well so question two uh, another one that i could speak about all day on is uh, what are 10 of the most memorable places you visited you know i loved pondering this question because i've always loved to travel and i've been fortunate that i've been able to travel to many wonderful places you know and at this time when we haven't been able to travel rather than bemoan our clipped wings you know, maybe we can reminisce and savor the memories from past adventures. Uh, and of course, the memorable places you visited, you know, it doesn't have to be the top of a mountain or an ancient site. It might simply be a neighbor's house where, you know, a really good time was had. You know, as I say, I've been fortunate over the years that I've been able to indulge my love of travel and different cultures, 
you know, from the beaches of Hawaii and the souks of Marrakesh, the temples of Angkor Wat. You know, I'm getting itchy feet just thinking about it. Um, safari in South Africa, even attending an opera in Sydney Opera House. All wonderful memories, and I have the photographs to to prove it. Um, you know, they're all on my list. You know, but there's two there's two places I return to in my mind again and again. Um, probably top of the list is New York. You know, the city I love it, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. I first visited just before the 9/11 attacks. I was actually on the top of the World Trade Center six weeks before they came crashing down. And I found it hard looking at those photographs again. Um, you know, and I've been there in the heat of summer, uh, the snow of winter, uh, fabulous at any time of the year. Um, I did the half marathon, the New York half marathon back in 2007, which started off around Central Park. And then you progressed down through Times Square and, you know, you had great support from the, the crowds on the um, uh, watching and uh, clapping. Um, and there was a camera on the race. So it was bizarre running through Times Square and actually seeing yourself on one of the big screens in Times Square, uh, a claim to fame. And then you the, the race finished as you were um, going down towards, I think it's a battery, not battery park. I can't think of the name of the park down at the tip of Manhattan, uh, where you can look across the Statue of Liberty. So it was like you were running towards the Statue of Liberty as I was panting for a breath. And uh, um, I can't wait to get back to New York. It probably would have been um, a place we would go for a few days last year around my big milestone birthday, but that wasn't um, uh, possible. Um, and uh, but Brian got me a, a lovely coffee table book about New York, New York, which is uh, which is something I, I leaf through every so often. And of course, back in 2018, uh, myself and Brian got married in Central Park on my birthday, and that was uh, incredibly special. So New York would be on my uh, most memorable places that I visited, and and hopefully will visit again. Uh, the other one, I'm not sure if I'll get back to it because it was a really you know, special, unique, uh, blessed time was, uh, was a few days I spent on an island on the barrier reef um, off the coast of Cairns in Australia, Lizard Island. That's about 20 years ago. You know, one of these desert island experiences. Um, I always remember, you know, the, the villa, the, the place where I stayed, you know, was within walking distance of the beach one of those golden sands and turquoise water type beaches with palm trees. Um, and when you walked back from the beach, you could go straight into your own room and up the steps at the back, there was, um, there was a little up, upturned shell where you could dip your feet to wash the sand from them. Um, um, funny the things that you remember. Um, and of course, when I was there, I had the opportunity to go diving on the barrier reef. I tried to keep the theme tune of Jaws out of my head, um, but I was blessed to have had that experience and also that it was recorded. There was a videographer on the dive. So I have the video and I can stick it back in and look at myself trying to be a graceful diver, feeding fish or whatever it was um, 20 years ago. Uh, one other memory from that time, and again, it's funny how things you recall them and um, and they're meaningful and important, um, was a dinner one night um, on that uh, island where I was with a Californian couple who I'd met on the diving trip. And uh, we were just chatting about this, that and the other. And uh, the, the, the woman said, as we were finishing up, she said, you know, James, you're so um, inspiring. I could listen to you all night. And I was going, what? Did you have an extra glass of wine or two? Um, I was just being myself. I was just having a conversation. 
but it struck me as um, it, it was something that that stayed with me where, you know, maybe in my conversations, you know, people will enjoy listening to me or or getting um, uh, some thought provoking um, uh, things to ponder um, or just an enjoyable experience. And that was one of the, the first times I remember hearing that and hearing it from someone who, you know, didn't really know me and who had no other agenda. And, you know, I had gone off on that trip to, to find myself, as it were. And um, it wasn't long after that that I came across coaching as a topic. And I've spoken about this before on past podcasts, you know, how I, you know, turned my passion into my profession, etc. But that conversation was one of the early seeds. And, um, and it's one that has stayed with me. The third question is, what are three of the best things you ever made? And of course, you can go for more than three. It was a few weeks ago in episode 102, I think it was, that I had uh, the topic of creativity and um, delved into how to exercise your creativity. And of course, back then I said, you know, to be human is to be creative. You know, so with this one, it doesn't matter whether it's simply a shelf you put up or a flower garden you, you planted or maybe even a meal you cooked. What we're doing is acknowledging our creativity and maybe even productivity or sense of satisfaction in completing something. You know, I don't see myself as a, as a practical person in some ways. You know, reading instructions is not for me, as Brian will certainly attest. You know, a definition of hell for me would be to see, you know, some cabinet from Ikea with, a le- with an index of instructions to follow. Um, I just couldn't cope. Um, maybe I see myself as someone a bit more cerebral or maybe just, you know, fly by the seat of your pants. I'm not sure. Um, but I can cook and bake. And that gives me a real sense of pride. And one of the things that 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 I'm really proud of creating is for the last five or six years now, maybe even longer, I've made um, two Christmas cakes, one for ourselves and one to bring out to my folks or out to my mom. And for me, baking is about that sense of, you know, satisfaction, nourishing other people, seeing the pleasure that they get get from something that I've created. You know, and the irony is, whilst I could not follow instructions to put a shelving unit together, you know, a, a recipe baking where you need to be, you know, fairly precise, you know, following a recipe is instructions that I will follow. And I bake most weeks. And certainly if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you'll see the evidence of some of my bakes as well from the scones and Madeira cakes and coffee cakes. Um, but perhaps one of the things I'm most proud of creating or making is the is the annual Christmas cakes. Um, I suppose it would be remiss of me here as well not to reference the the books that I've written and produced. And um, perhaps the standout one for me is the is the second novel, Finding Catherine, because it's you know it's a, it's a big book. It came in at over hundred thousand words, and I've received such great feedback on it. And it's it's probably a piece of work that I'm most proud of. You know, and to, whilst I can read the blogs and I can listen to the podcasts, you know, holding a tangible book in my hand that I've created. Um, from my imagination is something else that I'm fairly proud of. So that question, what are three of the best things that you've ever made? The fourth question to ponder is what were five of your happiest days for you to date? We have to put in to date there because I'm sure there's many more to come. You know, so some days may clearly stand out. It might be a wedding day or the birth of a child but you're giving yourself here a chance to just reflect upon some of the days that were meaningful to you, that meant something to you, that that were happy days. 
um, you know, certainly for me, one of them would be my wedding day. I referenced it earlier where myself and Brian got married in Central Park in New York. Uh, what maybe I didn't say was that we eloped. So it was just the two of us there. Um, and certainly a, a fantastic day. But we had what I would phrase as a deconstructed wedding. So when we came back, we had an event for family and we had another event for friends. So it was spread out. It was like a summer wedding, literally the whole summer. Um, and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. But one of the one of the great memories around that was when we had family um, to the house and we had some food brought in and prepared and it was a it was a lovely day. It was that good summer back in two thousand and eighteen, and we were able to be out in the garden, and um, it was a great celebration and very relaxed. And um, uh, unfortunately, since then, of course, my dad has passed on, and also a, a close uncle of mine who was there as well has has since died as well. So, looking at those photographs can still be a little bit bittersweet, but it was uh, a very happy day, and it's one that I treasure. The other one that came to mind when I was contemplating this was was one that, on the surface of it, I mightn't have described as happy, but it 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 really was, and. My dad died at the end of September last year and he had been unwell for a long time with um, pancreatic cancer and was on a steady downhill um, trajectory. But about, I think it was three days, he died on the Tuesday, the previous Friday, he, he rallied around. It was like, you know, he was back with full personality and his sense of humour and whilst he was still bedridden and, and frail, he was very alert. Um, and, and I was aware, and I think we were all aware, that sometimes towards the end, there's a day where, where the person rallies and we knew that this was it. But for it to last the entire day from nine o'clock that morning through till 10 o'clock at night, bright as a button, he was uh, reciting tongue twisters and telling jokes. And, you know, his personality was back in full force, which, you know, the illness had, had really diminished in, in the previous year. And whilst we were aware that maybe this was the last hurrah, it, it was fantastic. And, and to see everyone there in his room, because he was able to be at home, that was his wish, um, you know, where, where we went out to visit him and, um, and, and see him just surrounded by love and the sense of connection. Um, that was a really special day. And it's probably one of the happiest memories uh, that I have, um, because that's how I remember him. So the final question for this week's episode is what are 10 friendships you savour? So some of your friends may still be with you, others might be far away, um, but this is an opportunity to recall those friendships and to acknowledge what those friendships meant for you and even on the inside to thank those people for those friendships. You know, this is an interesting one for me because certainly growing up, I would not have had a wide uh, circle of friends you know, even now, I'd say I've many acquaintances, I've many people I know, I've many people I'm friendly with, I'm, I've many, many people who are friendly with me, I've many connections on social media, etc, etc. But I think I've always been the person who's just kept a very small, close circle of friends. Um, I'm also aware that different people come in and come out of your life, you know, the ebb and they flow. You know, not everyone will be part of your life all the time. You know, some friendships have a lifespan to them. Some people change. We all change. We all grow. We all evolve. And some people grow apart. You know, when I think back on my school experiences, you know, whilst I love school, I love the learning aspect of it. Um, my school days were not the happiest. There was bullying and, you know, I was not a popular kid. 
Um, and uh, I suppose I, I maybe struggle to fit in. I probably stood out to be different. Now, thank goodness I do. <laughs> but you know what it's like as a teenager? It's it's tricky. Um, and I think maybe back in school days, there was one or two people that I viewed as being my best friends, but I certainly wasn't their best friend, if you know what I mean. Um, now, there's maybe only two or three people from school days that I'm still in touch with. Um, and then the same is true for the, the 12 years I spent working in an insurance company. Um, you know, great social life attached to that, as you did in your 20s, um, and and got on so well with people. But I don't think there's anyone from those times that I'm in touch with now. Because um, I know very soon after I left, realised that maybe it was, you know, the common environment and proximity that um, was the source of those friendships. And then when the proximity went and you were no longer in the same environment, the, the friendship sort of drifted too. And the opposite, of course, is that I have friends now around the world where we mightn't be speaking every day, but we're, we're connected and technology and social media supports that. Um, and, and, and you're still aware of what's going on in people's lives. And there are many people where I mightn't, you know, be speaking to them for a period of time, but we pick up where we left off when we when we next connect. One of the things, and maybe this is just getting old, but one of the things I found in recent times as well is that, you know, relationship with siblings and parents, you know, changed into friendships as well. You know, my mom is, a, is such a good friend to me. I mean, always was, but I can really recognise it uh, now, not just being a, a mother, as it were. Um, and this probably sounds such a cliche, uh, but my husband, Brian, would certainly be my best friend and probably the best friend I ever had, um, uh, which is exceptionally uh, special. Um, and uh, we've often said, you know, that maybe we wouldn't have recognised each other before we met. What is that now? 14 odd years ago? Or is it more? I should know. I, uh, anyway, I'll remember the wedding anniversary because we did get married on my birthday. That might have been the reason why. So I wouldn't forget. Um, but but as well as being my husband, he's also my best friend. And perhaps that's as it should be. So let's have a quick recap on those questions just for your journal or for a further prompt for you. Who are 10 people who most helped you in your life? Uh, what are 10 of the most memorable places you visited? What are three of the best things you ever made? What were five of your happiest days to date? And then that last one, uh, what are 10 friendships uh, you savour? So I often say, you know, that good questions will open up doors to new solutions, new thoughts, and certainly those questions do that. Um, I enjoyed the, the reflecting on them. I enjoyed doodling. I enjoyed preparing for this week's episode because it has prompted me to think about people and situations and places that I haven't thought about for a while. And, you know, I often think that our you know, our minds, um, they're, they're like a whole library full of memories and we have habits around the memories that we focus on. And there might be others that are wonderful memories that, um, you know, that they're there to resource us at any time, but particularly at this time when, you know, maybe we're not able to travel or connect with people in the way that we would have done so uh, before and not given it a second thought. So I think I will do another one of these episodes in a few weeks' time. I'll come up with a few more questions, um, an opportunity for you to pause and reminisce and to take stock uh, and maybe even to refuel the soul as well. 
So in the coming weeks, I have some great guests uh, lined up. It's a few weeks since I've had guests join me on the podcast. So I'm very much looking forward to, to that myself. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, you know, I'd love to hear from you. If it's prompted that for you, you to send me a little comment or an email or or a rating on the, um, um, the podcast provider. Um, and if you are on Instagram, uh, be sure to connect with me there. In recent weeks, I've been doing um, plenty of little videos. What do they call them? IGTV videos, even of my morning routine and yoga practice and the quotes and the uh, the book reviews. There's a lot more that I'm putting on to Instagram really on a daily basis, you know, above and beyond my monthly e-zine and what I do on the other platforms. So thank you for, for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed a slightly different episode. I know I did. And until next week. <laughs>